So last week, uh, John Anachekwa started us off in the Sermon on the Mount. And you remember, just sort of summing up uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he was talking about the kingdom of God and how it's available to, to any of us. Uh, you remember he used that expression to, all you need is need. Um, and it's a great way for us to sort of think about uh, where we're going as we get into the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, as we move through it. Um, I mean, when we get really going in the Sermon on the Mount, you will realize there's just some huge expectations uh, in this sermon. I mean, a calling to love your enemies, to control your desires like lust and anger, uh, to not judge, uh, to, to do good to others. I mean, just, just high expectations. How can anyone live up to those kind of expectations? Uh, well, I think the Sermon on the Mount is helpful to recognize that this is a, a place we enter into and we see what God calls us to. And we say, God, we need your help. And God responds. Uh, the all we need is need. And then God responds to any who express their need to him. And in so many ways, uh, we're sort of talking about the same thing this Sunday, but we're out through the lens of the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, these first couple verses, uh, the Beatitudes. In some ways, it sort of sets us up for the fact that we really need the Lord. Uh, so I'm kind of giving you the spoiler warning for where we're going, but thinking of it, again, through this different angle, the sense of being blessed, right? And that's these first 12 verses. Maybe you caught it as we read through those 12 verses. There's a, there's a word that's repeated over and over through those verses, right? Blessed, blessed, the state of blessing. When you think of that word being blessed, I mean, what do you think of? What comes to mind when you say someone is blessed or you want to be blessed? Um, for me, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things that come to mind, but uh, what came to mind was a, a certain DJ, DJ Khaled. I don't know if you guys know DJ Khaled. <laughs> uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't like him. I, I think he's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Uh, he's a very successful music producer, uh, DJ, uh, he's accomplished a lot of different things. Um, and you see, this is a, from a social media page, he likes to show what he accomplished. Uh, he charters private airplanes all the time. I've read, like, he'll, he'll charter a private airplane just to go golfing somewhere, right? He has all these cars, all this kind of stuff, right? And he's known for a lot of his kind of catchphrases, signature anthems is what he likes to call them. Uh, many of you, you young people, you, you know, uh, all we do is win, right? You, you know that one. Uh, that's one of his most popular ones. Another one he uses often, and this is what made me think of this uh, for this sermon, is bless up. Uh, he uses this all the time, bless up. And when he uses that term, bless up, when his fans use the term bless up, I mean, what do they mean? They mean what you see in the picture, don't they? When you say, I'm blessed up or bless up, it means the good life, right? Uh, the happy life. You have these things, you're blessed, and that makes you happy. Uh, you're blessed up if you've got the high-paying job, if you've got the good-looking spouse, if you've got the family, you've got the success, all the things that come with success. You are blessed. You can say bless up in the sense of I'm, I'm up here, and if join me up here if you can have these things like I have. Notice in the ways I'm talking about this, what am I talking about? I'm talking about circumstances, right, that you're blessed, you're successful based on Really, what you have, what you've accomplished, what you've achieved, what you have going on for you. You're blessed, you can use the phrase bless up, if you have all the things. If you have all the things. And if you have all the things, then you can say you're blessed, and you can say ultimately that you're happy. But this morning, I want to sort of bring us to a, what I'm going to call a more foundational kind of happiness really a more foundational type of blessing, a deeper blessing than what's called the DJ Khaled version of, of being blessed. Um, and 
I want you to know, I'm not acting or saying that, like, having things is bad. That's one of the misleading things about the Bible, and we'll get into that, that having the things is, 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 is wrong or you're giving the things. That's not, I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, I, I'm someone who, who welcomes all the things. Feel free. Right? My cash app is dollar sign Ramon Pierre. <laughs> Feel free. I'm not joking. You know, Pastor Appreciation Month just passed. Only three of you showed up for that. Roosevelt, you kind of, kind of messed up. So, <laughs> so hit me up, right? Having all the things is not necessarily bad. The, the way the Bible wants to posture us is what comes first? What comes first? Is it to have all the things? The Bible talks about all the things. Look at the end of Revelation. It talks about a city made of gold and jewels, a feast. That's all the things eventually. Blessing, I think, in the way the Bible wants to talk about it, in the way the Beatitudes talks about it, is saying, well, there's all the things, but before thinking about what you get, think about who you are, the kind of person that you are. It's to reorient blessing so that it's not dependent on how quickly you can get all the things, how quickly can you get the wealth and success and all those things, things that aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. The deeper blessing, the foundational blessing that gives us the deeper happiness that God wants us to have is tied not to circumstances but to character. Who you are, the kind of person that you are, the kind of person that you are leads to the Bible saying that's what makes you truly blessed. That's what leads you to then being happy in a way that lasts and that leads to everything else. That's where we want to go. And so, I mean, if you look at even just the list of, of how this, this list of Beatitudes ends, if you sort of don't buy me on this, I mean, look, look at this. The last verse in these, that set of verses that we looked at, verse 12, says this. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I argue that that verse is, is, is a way of a woman summing up everything that we just looked at. It says rejoice and be glad, right? Rejoice and be glad because you're blessed. But notice, because you're blessed, not because you got everything. Notice what the verse says. Because you are persecuted, it means you don't have all the things. You don't have everything going on for you. How can you still describe yourself as having joy and gladness? Well, it's because you're blessed. And what makes you blessed? Well, I would say the Beatitudes speak to the kind of person that you are. The kind of character that you have. And, and if I can sort of then sum up. The, and this is where we'll sort of spend our time this morning, kind of sum up the different ways in which the person we see in the Beatitudes is described. There's two different categories to look at. The Bible wants to reorient us towards. Here's the kind of person that you are, that the Bible says you're blessed. And because you're blessed, it leads to all the other things so that at the end you could say rejoice and be glad. So two summary statements. And, you know, the reality is there's a lot of different ways of summing up the Beatitudes. But here's, here's a way for us to get at it, at least for, for this morning. And then, of course, the next few weeks we'll go into more detail. First statement that I want to look at uh, that sums up the different characteristics we find in the Beatitudes is this. That we're blessed if we're humble. Blessed if you are humble. I use the word humble as a summary for some of the statements like this. You're blessed if you're, uh, blessed is the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Um, those first couple ones. Um, understand when I say humility, the Bible, one of the other misleading things about that people have about Christianity is that, like, to be humble means that you're a doormat, you're a pushover. That's not what the Bible means by, by humility. Uh, that's being passive, right? Uh, that's not, the Bible, humble doesn't mean passive in the Bible, right? That's not humility. Humility, I would argue, biblically speaking, is that you're not desperate to be first. 
that you are not desperate to get attention, to push yourself out there, to be out front. It's a, a way of saying, I don't have to be at the center of everything. I don't have to, and Jesus does this amazing way of sort of contrasting, right? He says in Matthew 20, he says, the people of this world, the rulers of this world, they want to exercise authority over others and lord it over others. And he says, it's not so with you. Instead, we're called to be humble. So the sense of I need to dominate my situation, I need to control things around me. Again, we think of, okay, if I'm going to feel blessed and know I'm blessed and have the happy life, I need to control my circumstances because I'm blessed dependent on my circumstances, what I've accomplished, what I have, that I'm healthy or that I'm wealthy, that I have uh, relationships, I'm getting pleasure when I want it and how I want it, all the things. Humility is saying I don't need to dominate over the things that are around my way or around me, that you're blessed if you don't get your way. Another way to think about this, I think another way to think about humility is humility is a way in which the Bible is saying you can be okay with the kind of person that you are. What kind of person are you? Well, you can be okay recognizing that you're a human being. I think humility, biblically speaking, is you admitting you're a human being. To be a human being is to say, I am poor in spirit. (laughs) I am meek. I don't have it all. Being human, the center of being human is recognizing the weakness of our humanity, the fragility of our humanity. And that puts us in a certain place. It makes us humble. And when you're okay with that, when you're okay with saying, look, I'm a human being, which means that like, I don't have control over things. I don't have to have control. I don't have to be first over everything. I, I can't make that happen. When you're willing to, in a sense, submit yourself, to submit your ego, that leads to some other beatitudes I would sort of put under this category of, of being humble, which is to say that humility then puts you in a position then to elevate others above yourself. So the beatitude of Blessed are the merciful. Blessed, blessed are the peacemaker. You can't show mercy and, and, and advocate for peace if you're not a humble person. To push for mercy and peace in the relationships and world around you requires you to say, I don't have to get what I want in this. I don't have to get revenge right now. I don't have to get my due. I'm willing to use my status or what I think I'm owed and to push it down to push others up, to bring peace and mercy around me. And the Bible says that's blessedness. You're blessed if you can be poor in spirit and mourn and, and, and meek, if you can be human. <laughs> you're blessed if in being human then you're able to then push others above yourself, to push for mercy and peace around you. And out of that comes the deeper blessing. Out of that comes the deeper happiness. Uh, a couple of years ago, well, maybe more than a few years ago, it's been a while, there was a Hall of Fame ceremony for the NBA, and it had uh, David Robinson and Michael Jordan in it. Um, you can Google this. It's amazing. There's, a, there's like a three or four-minute video sort of contrasting their Hall of Fame speeches. I mean, going into that, you would say, if you say, who's the one who's blessed up the most <laughs> in this Hall of Fame ceremony? It's Jordan. I mean, I read some crazy thing. Like he makes like 30 or 40 million a day on Jordans, now I know where my money's going, right? It's, <laughs> it's crazy, right? I mean, he's, I mean, he's a billionaire, right? The, the shoes that, he's, he, he, that he, he has going, he's uh, arguably the most successful, the, most, the best basketball player ever. So he's got all the things, right? And yet, the thing I was struck by as I was watching their speeches was he didn't seem particularly happy. But David Robinson seemed way more happy 
than Michael Jordan. He's accomplished a lot. Not the same level, but certainly he's accomplished a lot. It was funny to me that Robinson seemed way more happy than Jordan. I, w- I, I wasn't expecting that. Jordan spent most of his speech taking revenge on everyone. <laughs> All the people who looked down on him, the people who, throughout his career, he really went from, like, high school, junior high, and, then like, the person who didn't put him on his team, <laughs> right? Mentioned him by name. It's like, I guess you're wrong, right? <laughs> he spent mo- a lot of his speech sort of dunking on people, dunking on an organization, the, sh- the Bulls. You know, and taught, he had this one line about, hey, you know, people said there's no I in team, but there's an I in win. Like, <laughs> so it was even, I mean, the guy even dunked on his family. He has kids standing right there, and he actually says, I, man, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't want to be you guys, right? Look at all I accomplished. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never measure up. <laughs> this is essentially what he said, right? And I, I thought to myself, like, what's he doing here? <laughs> like, what's going on? And again, I'm not, I don't know his mindset, but here's at least what it, it felt like based on my observation, was that his sense of happiness is tied to circumstances, to winning. And here's yet another chance to win. <laughs> to win. Uh, interviews I've seen with him, like he's, he wants to be on top, to be successful, no matter what it is, whether it's I'm going to dunk on you in this speech, or I'm going to win throwing dice, or I'm going to win more championships than everyone else. And I, I get it, right? Winning feels great. I like winning, <laughs> right? His sense of I'm blessed when I have these things happening around me and that makes me happy is tied all into those circumstances and he's going to do whatever he can to accomplish that. What's interesting was watching David Robinson's speech, he spent very little time talking about himself. Most of his speech, he spent thanking the organization, the Spurs, acknowledging his family. He, he went through each of his sons by name, talked about how intelligent, how wonderful they are. What was going on there? I mean, it's humility, right? He could have spent a lot of time saying, here's what I did. Here's what I accomplished. But instead, he says, I don't need to be first here. And he used his status. I mean, the, the reality is he still got acknowledged. He, he's, he's in the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not like his sons are there or any of those kind of things, right? And yet, he says, I'm going to use the fact that I'm here and the things that are naturally coming my way to elevate those around me. The only way he could do that, the only way you could spend a time he'll never get back. You only have one Hall of Fame speech to do and he used it to bless others around him, was to say, I'm already blessed. And so I don't need to push myself up. I can be humble. And that gave me the sense, as, I, as he walked off the stage, there's a man who's happy. There's a man who senses, hey, this is what happened. And no surprise, he thanked God at the end of his speech, which is, again, a recognition that I'm humble. I'm a human being in relation to the God who made me. That makes me blessed. So I don't need to push myself first. Humility, that's the deeper blessedness that the Beatitudes want us to sort of enter into. The other thing, and I'm, I'm going to sort of just touch on this because we'll, we'll spend more time on, the, on these cat- each of these uh, in the next few weeks. Um, the next sort of summary category, if I can use that for these Beatitudes, is you're blessed if you're righteous. You're blessed if you're righteous. So uh, these are these Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It's a sense of I'm right with God. I'm right with God. I want to be right with God. I want the world to be right with God. And this is in contrast, right, to rather than being righteous, you could be apathetic. You'd be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> you could compromise. I know the right thing, but it costs too much. 
to be about that right thing and do the right thing. And so I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to say nothing or I'm going to sort of act like these things that I know are bad things, I'm going to act like they're okay. Or you could just be selfish. I'm going to do the bad thing <laughs> because I want the things that are around me. To be righteous is to be say, look, I want to be right with God. I want the world to be right with God. In other words, I want it to be aligned with God's justice and righteousness. And I want to be that kind of person. All that is to say that you're blessed if you're righteous in the sense that, like, I am pointed towards God and trying to align myself with, with who God says is right and what God says is right. To be a person that cares about what's good and right and just happening. And that only works to the degree in which you're saying, I care about who God is. I'm basing all who I am or all that I want this world to be about, the justice and righteousness I want to see in this world, in this city. I'm basing it on God. And you see how these things are tied together, don't you? Humility leads us to say, I'm humble. I'm a human being. I'm not God. I need God. <laughs> right? I need God, and I need to elevate myself because God is who he is. To be righteous is to say then I yearn then for God to establish himself in this world. God's righteousness and justice. I want a heart that's pure with God, that recognizes and affirms the fact that God is God. I want a world that is then pure and right with God. You're blessed if you're righteous. You're blessed if you're righteous in the sense that you're saying, hey, the kind of person I want to be is not going to be based on who I think I am, who other people say I am, or any other things. I'm going to say, what is, who does God say that I, I need to be? That's what's right. That's what's good. What I want for this world, what I want for my politics, or what I want for this country or this nation, what I want for my school, what I want for my marriage, what I want for my work, it's going to be based on saying, what does God say is right? What does God say is just? I want to hunger and thirst for that. I want a heart that's pure for that. That's what I want. That's what I pursue. So as I said, there's a lot of different ways of, of, of summing up uh, the Beatitudes. But I went with these two. Uh, humble, I'm righteous, because... It ties us, it helps us see, if you notice the way I sort of characterize this, and even just hearing me read these Beatitudes, it helps us see the Beatitudes are based on person, aren't they? On character. The kind of person that you are. But notice the kind of person that you are to the degree in which you are connected to God. Those characteristics, humility and righteousness, don't work apart from saying, it's ultimately about saying, how much God do I have in my life? How connected I am to God? How aligned I am with God. I mean, think about this. To be humble, as I said, I, I'm poor in spirit. I'm all these things. I don't need to push myself first because God is first. And I don't need it. I've got God. It's about how much I'm aligned, it's, or how much I'm, I'm oriented towards God and have God connected to my life. To be righteous is to say I want right and just, again, based on who God is and what God said is right and just. As I said in the beginning, where we're ending is, is really the same place, isn't it? Ultimately, the Beatitudes are helping set us up for the rest of the Sermon Mount, which is to say, I need God. I need God. The same point, but from a different angle. It's a sense of saying, we're entering the Sermon Mount, which talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. That, that's the stuff I want. I want God's kingdom. I want heaven. Who doesn't want those things? That's the sense of blessing. It's all the things that I want. And of course, it's what we want. But the road we take there is a dead end. The road you tend to take to saying, here is how I can get heaven. Here's how I'm going to get the kingdom. Here's how I'm going to get everything. The road that we tend to take, the road you're told to take, is always tied to what you can accomplish, what you can do, what you can achieve. It's tied to the money that you get, 
how much sex you get, how much family you've got, how many resources you have, how popular you have, how many people are following you, how all the things, all the circumstances, all the things that are around you. And the thing is, those things are hard to get. Once you get onto them, they're hard to hold onto. Every time you're holding onto them, you're afraid you're going to lose them. It's one of the things that I'm most struck by, by some of the most wealthy people I've been around, the most wealthy people I've read about. They're still desperate. <laughs> it's never quite enough because it's always tied to that, isn't it? It's always tied to how much can I get, how much can I achieve, however you define the things that you need to achieve and, and the things that you need to get. There's a better way here. And that better way is not tied to all those kind of things. Again, some of those things, a lot of those things, I mean, don't, I don't think the Bible is looking down on having success by any means. As I said, the better way is tied to who you are, not what you do. Think about how freeing that is. I want that to free you this morning. It's about who you are, not what you do, not what you accomplish, not what you've achieved. And who you are, the Bible calls you to be humble, to be righteous, and that leads you to this bottom level, which we need. I need God for me to come anywhere near that. <laughs> for me to be humble, to be righteous. But humility only comes in the recognition of who you are in relation to God. Righteousness only comes to the degree in which you're aligned with God. I need God. And guess what, Roosevelt? Every single time you whisper that in God's direction, he says, you've got me. Here's Jesus. We have a God, I believe in a God, who most responds when we express our need. <laughs> In some ways, when we don't express what I need, when we're sort of saying, hey, I don't need anyone, I don't need anything, that's when you're most distant from God. God's like, okay, have good luck with that. <laughs> it's when we say, I need you, God. I recognize uh, humble is the only way for me to go here <laughs> if I'm going to be blessed and happy. I need to be righteous. I want right things to happen in this world. God, I need you for this. And God says, yes, you need me. Why do you think I sent Jesus? Jesus is how we can have then a life that's full of God. And to be full of God allows us not to have to elevate ourselves. We can be humble. allows us to do what's right and good in the ways that we want to. We're full of God because Jesus is a way in which we become in God. The Bible speaks of us being in Jesus. It's a way of just saying, here's, I mean, the fact that Jesus, a historical person, came and lived in this world. And people knew him and followed him. And the fact that people saw him live, saw him die, and saw him rise from the dead, tells us the ways in which we work this world, the ways in which we live this world, they're not what we think. We think this world is defined by in certain ways and set to certain rules, and Jesus blows it all up and says there's someone over all things, in control of all things, a way, a path forward that doesn't depend on what you've done. It depends on what God has done in Jesus, and he's willing to give it to you. There's no better guarantee of that deeper blessing and then the deeper happiness than that. And here's the best blessing, right? The best blessing possible. You've got God. You've got Jesus then. And that gives you everything else. Like I said, uh, don't, don't get it twisted on Christianity. Christianity is not against all the things, <laughs> all right? One of the things that you notice in the Beatitudes is it starts with here's who you are. And because of who you are, you eventually do get all the things. Look at the list of things, sort of the second part of all the things I just listed in the Beatitudes. Right? It talks about the, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, hunger and right, thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers. The other half of this, you're blessed because of this, and here's then what you get. 
Theirs, it says, is the kingdom of heaven. They shall inherit the earth. For they shall be comforted. For they shall receive mercy. For they shall be satisfied. For they shall see, see God. For they shall be called sons of God. For your reward is great in heaven. And all those things, what are we seeing? Yes, you're going to get all of heaven and earth. You're going to get comfort and satisfaction and acceptance. You're going to get the best status possible. Like you're saying, I want to be the most popular. How about being a son of God? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's more than good. You're going to get eternal reward. Your reward is great in heaven. God intends to give you all the things. Long life, success, huge inheritance. That ain't nothing but a thing for God. That's easy. God can give you all the things. Here's what God is saying. I want you to be the person who's ready to get all the things. To be the kind of person who can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and receive all that you're meant to receive. The only way you can be that kind of person is to be the kind of person God calls you to be. And that kind of person is humble and righteous. And that only happens because God is in you and you're in God. And that happens by faith in Jesus. To be blessed and to know happiness. Again, because of the person that you are. Someone who's willing to say, God, I need you and you've got me. You've given me Jesus. And yes, that gives me the place, the position to say, whatever is happening in my life, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm blessed and I'm happy. And I know I'm blessed and happy now with the fact that it's almost like a funnel. The way that Christianity works is like you begin here, you've entered into the kingdom of heaven, and what you should expect, it just opens up for the rest of your life going into eternity. Can you live that way today? Can you live that way this week? What God is offering is, well, today, this week, for eternity, here's who God is, and here's what he invites you into. Let me pray for us uh, that we would receive that invitation. Lord, uh, thank you uh, for this time this morning, and thank you, Lord, for, for how you meet us everywhere that we're at. So some people, it's hard for them to get out of their circumstances, uh, out of the situations that they're in. And I thank you, Lord God, that you do speak to that. Uh, but your answer, Lord, is not saying, well, how, how quickly can I get it to you today? It's, oh, it's coming, but there's something more important. Do you know me? Are you in a relationship with me? What kind of person are you who knows me in his relationship with me? Lord, I pray that we receive that invitation this morning. Lord, we see the path, Lord, to true happiness comes not uh, through what we accomplish, Lord, but by who we are. Uh, Lord, humble us. Make us righteous. Um, humble us and make us righteous. Because, Lord, you've spoken to us and we've seen you and recognized, Lord, uh, wow. This path, Lord, is one that we can't get to. We can't be the people we need to be apart from you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, as we recognize the, the calling of the kingdom, Lord, and all that goes into it, Lord, a calling that blesses us, Lord, uh, help us more and more, Lord, to look inward and to recognize you've already, you're already ready to meet us there. Uh, for wherever we're at, uh, meet us there. Uh, for whatever we need from you, Lord, give it and provide it. Lord, and I, I'm thankful, Lord God, that it's in that place of, of, of humility, of living according to your righteousness, Lord God, that, Lord, the deeper happiness comes. Uh, happiness now and happiness forever. Uh, everything comes our way eventually, Lord, but we're thankful, Lord God, that the most important foundational things happen now. And so we pray. Um, hear our prayers. Uh, listen to us when we call. Uh, fill us with yourself. Lord, and thank you for the blessing that comes. Amen.